Today, I want to read from Luke chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 5 and reading through to 11. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in other boats, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything. And they followed Jesus. Today, my message is about being stretched and strengthened. Um, And the spiritual journey of the apostle Peter has often motivated me when I've been thinking about it. A down-to-earth regular guy, a regular person, like most of us here. He was a commercial fisherman, a businessman. But he was tough, strong, he was used to hard work, to get out fishing, it's hard, hard work, doing that for a living. He had an ear for authentic spiritual truth, though sometimes he struggled, like some of us, with the follow-through. A Jewish believer who appreciated his spiritual roots, but a sense that he was a man who was longing for more of God than his traditions pointed to him. And I would suggest to each and every one of us here that that's how we ended up in a place like this. We were suspecting and we had known that there was something more in God than we had discovered before or we had known before. And that's what kind of drove us and that's what kind of led us to seek and to search and to find ourselves in a place like New Life Christian Fellowship. Here, Peter was going to be doing something absolutely brand new to him. He was moving away from what he knew and he was going to be doing something new. In that version of scripture, Peter had been challenged, but he was able and he was changeable and he was stretchable. He may not have known it at the time, just like when we're going through things, we don't know it, but God knows we're able and he knows we're changeable and he knows that we're stretchable. And I want us to think about, be challenged by and respond to the scriptural principle of stretching so that we can be strengthened. 
Isaiah 54 and 2, we've read it often here from this platform. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains away. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. This is the verse that's laid down the foundation for the teaching for this year from this platform. It's an Old Testament verse from a passage and it refers to the nation of Israel. And there were and are many promises that are still yet to be fulfilled for Abraham's family. But this verse can be applied to us as well in this year of 2022. By application, God is saying to us, stretch, reach, be prepared to run the spiritual race that I've set before you. Face the challenge. And it might look like a big challenge, but face the challenge that I've set before you. Receive what God gives. Stretch, grow, and be strengthened. And the Bible details story after story of men and women who've learned to stretch spiritually. And in doing so, they set an example for us. I think of Abraham, Moses, Daniel, Job, Esther, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Simon, Peter, the fisherman. A man just like us. When I think of stretching, I I naturally think of sports. And they're basically two kinds of athletes. There's the pro athlete and there's the weekend warrior. The pro, no matter the sport, they always stretch their muscles because it keeps injuries to the minimum. After all, they have to stretch, to to catch, to jump, to, to reach, to run, to stretch, to tackle or block and many, many other things that involve required and requires stretching. The weekend warrior, some stretch adequately, (laughs) but most don't. And it is said, now remember, this is no me saying this. It is said, I've heard it said, that those who are 18 to 29 are the studs, and those 30 and up are the duds. (laughs) No, it wasn't me that said that, but to those, the 18 to 29, Someday you'll be 30 and above. (laughs) The value of stretching both physically and spiritually is obvious. You can reach further and it keeps injuries to a minimum. With a little pain, you can avoid a big pain and you're out of the game for a long time. The goal of stretching is clear. The desire to stretch is hard to maintain though. When Jesus first called Peter to follow him, the big fisherman got all excited. This was something new, it was a challenge and he was wanting to rise to the challenge. He liked what he saw but he didn't always understand what he heard. Because you see there's a timing involved as well. We hear things, God speaks to us and we know he's speaking to us but there are times we don't understand what we've heard. But there's a time of stretching and a time of maturing in there when we understand what God is speaking to us and then we get strengthened. Peter, through all that was going on here, he was being stretched and changed. He was being matured. 
and strengthened. Now, over about a year ago, our wee granddaughter, most of you have seen her pictures, I'm always posting pictures on Facebook because I just love her and I'm proud of her, I'm proud of all my grandchildren. But she's, she's, I've watched her for she was just a wee baby, not being able to move. Now she's walking about and running about all the place and she's stretching. You know, she knows how to stretch. If you see her at the table, she stretches and she stretches and she reaches and then some things are out of reach but sometimes she knows with a wee bit of more effort if she gets up on her tiptoes and stretches that wee bit further she reaches and she gets to the object of what she's been stretching she was, she's, it's her birthday on Wednesday she was born on my birthday it was a great blessing but I always think now that that's me second place in my birthday every year now I'm not going to be the focus of attention in my birthday. Know that I need to be the focus of attention. <laughs> anyway, but stretching isn't easy. There's the biblical pattern of stretching. Life is full of problems and challenges. Think about the Old Testament Joseph. Now, Joseph was one of Jacob's 12 sons. He was the favorite you know, he was born to Jacob in his old age. Jacob and Rachel, his favorite wife in his old age. And he was ruined, really. He was wasted. He got the coat and he was really privileged and, and he felt privileged and special. But then his brothers get jealous and he moved eventually from being the special one to being sold into slavery by his brothers then his life got better a wee bit again. He was in Potiphar's house and he was looking after his master's household and had doing a great job of it by all accounts. And then he was accused of an immoral act, which he didn't do. He ended up in prison. And while he was in prison, life looked up a wee bit again in prison because the skills that were within him manifested even where he was there in prison. And he was trusted to basically run the prison. And then he interpreted the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker, telling one that he was going to be restored to position and the other that he was going to be hung, which came true. And then he was forgotten about again for a while. Life turned down again. Frustration for Joseph. You can imagine the frustration. And then Pharaoh had a dream and it needed interpreted. And somebody said, I remember Joseph. You know, I remember that the skills that he had, I remember Joseph. And he, he perfectly interpreted Pharaoh's dream about the seven years of famine and the seven years of plenty. And he was promoted basically to being a prince. He was second only to Pharaoh and running the country. All those great decisions. So life again was good and great for Joseph. But along that, there must have been frustrations. There must have been crises that he thought, how on earth am I ever going to get out of that? And we also face frustrations, crisis, sickness, poverty, spiritual warfare, consequences of sin, unhealthy relationships. We face these things. Failed. We've also got then to look at the next one. But God gives us promises. Think about Job. Think about Job for a minute. 
He was blessed. He was like a billionaire, basically. Everything he touched, his business was going great. His family was running well. And then he went, he faced rejection from his wife. He lost his family. He lost all of his business. He was sick. He had horrible friends. They're called jobs comforters. They're no very good comforters as far as I was concerned. But God gives us hope. Because in that way, and all through those trials and testing, God brought Job out the other side of that. And he was stronger and greater in every way than the testings, through the testings than he had been before. His life, he was blessed, double portions in everything. Double the children, some would say that would be a blessing. But God gives us a hope that there's an answer to solutions uh, to our aches and pains. Peter faced all these types of problems and he he learned to respond to God's promises by making the right choices. Folks, we have something to do in amongst us. We have to make the right choices. How do we do that? We seek wisdom. How do we get wisdom? We ask God who gives liberally. He gives all the wisdom you would ever need. But remember when Peter walked in the water towards Jesus. What a miracle. What a miracle that was. Has anyone ever tried it? Have you succeeded? (laughs) There's Peter walking in the water. But it also was walking in the word of God. He was walking in the invitation from Jesus, the living word of God. It wasn't so much the water he was walking on. It was the word of God. But then he began to sink. Why? Because he gets sidetracked by the high waves and the wind and the sheer danger of it all. That's when we fall, folks. That's when we make mistakes, when we take our eye off of Jesus and our eye from the promise and eye from the, the promise of the word and we look at the circumstances around about us. Remember when he bragged with pride and arrogance as he blurted out that I'll never deny the Lord. I'll never deny you. He denied Jesus three times while a saviour was being tried and beaten. And he was so discouraged after the denials that he couldn't even tell Jesus that he loved him completely. Jesus wanted Peter to grow spiritually, to stretch, to be changed into his image. So he taught and he trained him. He discipled him and he developed him and he stretched and he strengthened him. And that's what the Lord wants to do with us. And you know, Peter eventually relied on God's promises and he made the right choices and he became a great leader in the New Testament church. But not until he was stretched and he strengthened some truths about stretching most people don't stretch until they're forced to most people who have stretched in the past don't stretch daily because they realise there's pain involved in it most people need to feel motivated before they stretch remember Mr Motivator (laughs) most people feel uncomfortable when they stretch now, the Western brand of Christianity tends to seek comfort. I do. 
I enjoy comfort. And I go on holiday, I like air conditioning, comfortable seats. But Jesus came to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Jesus confronted most of the religious leaders of his day and he reached out in ministry to those that were hurting. And thinking this, the few people who stretch all their, li- all their lives inspire future generations. Do you want to inspire future generations? Then you need to stretch. You need to move on from where you are right now. My second point, being stretched by God. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 8, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their own sins. See, God wants to stretch us into his image. And this deals with how we survive. And it's not easy to stretch like that because we, we kind of like the way we are. If we're honest, we're quite happy the way we are a lot of the time. And sometimes we're a bit too lazy to change and mature and be remade in the image of Jesus. Stretching isn't easy. Think about those genes that you can't get into anymore. Or even the ones you tried to get into this morning. Stretching them isn't easy either. When I was a young fella, I used to like to buy Levi jeans. And back in the day, a pair of Levi jeans were five pounds. And a jacket was six pounds. That's what I used to pay for my Levi's. Now you're lucky if you get a pair of Levi jeans for a hundred pounds. Now, probably why I don't wear Levi's any longer. But years ago, there was only one kind of Levi to start with. You bought them and you wore them almost forever. Shopping for a pair was easy because there was only one kind. If you go to a store nowadays for Levi's, they've got at least seven different kinds. You've got the original. They've got the shrink to fit. I remember having a pair of them sitting in the bath, shrinking them to fit. (laughs) You get the pre-shrunk. You get the loose straight. You get the relaxed to fit. You get the comfort fit. And then the seventh one, you've, as I would call, you've got to be kidding fit. Because <laughs> they're the ones, when I see people in them, I think, you must have jumped off the wardrobe to get into them. <laughs> Jeans are comfortable. They feel good. 
they look good. Well, maybe some of us think they look good. But then comes the day when you've just got to wash them. And what do they do? They shrink. And what do we do? We stretch them. We pull them. We wiggle into them. We scoot into them. We tuck ourselves in. We yank them on until they're stretched back into our image. But that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to stretch us to his image. And he does that so we will act like him. We'll talk like him. We'll love like him. And we'll minister like him. God wants to stretch our vision. The third point. That's how we view life. That's what Jesus did with Peter. Jesus wanted him to see beyond his boat, beyond the fishing boat and the nets. He wanted him to have a vision that looked beyond the Sea of Galilee, which was his normal working area. God's wanting this church to see beyond its normal working area. He wanted him to have a vision that saw. He wanted him to, the kind of vision that made him a man of God. Someone asked Helen Keller one time, what could be worse than being blind? And she replied, having sight without vision. In Second Peter chapter one, we discover the kind of vision that Peter had. Fourth point, these are quick points. That God wants to stretch our hearts and that's how we process our life. Proverbs tells us from the heart comes the issues of life. Are we self-centered? Honestly, we are sometimes. A lot of the time, actually, if we, if we examine ourselves properly, do we allow the heartaches of life to make us bitter, rebellious? Or do we turn those heartaches and pains back over to God and ask him to stretch us and strengthen us through them? So we can respond the way that he wants to, even though we have been run over at times by our trials. Are we willing to let the Holy Spirit help us so we can get up and go again? It's no easy to get up time and times if you're knocked down, but you need to get back up. You need to get up and go again. And the Holy Spirit's there to help us. And we need to do what Jesus would want us to do. Like he did, he got up after his crucifixion. Like Paul did after he was almost stoned to death. Many people always want to be like the prophet Paul, the apostle Paul, but the things he had to get through, beaten to death, almost to death several times. People want to be like the prophets who were beaten, but they still ministered to God, these prophets. Are we willing, are we willing to allow God to stretch us so we won't break when beaten down, but rather are made stronger by the experience of trusting him. Number five, pastor preached seven points last week. I've not made seven. I made six a day. I felt like trying to day eight, but that would just been entering into a competition. <laughs> God wants to stretch our abilities how we function. God not only gives us talents, gifts, abilities for ministry and for work, but his power and his spirit enables us to do it better than ever we could on our own. Number six, God wants to stretch 
our influence, how we minister to others, how we respond to people when we're under pressure. Are we doing it lovingly? Are we doing it patiently? Are we doing it with wisdom? Are we letting circumstances make us bitter and treating people not quite right? How we witness to non-Christians by our example through our concern and with other words says a lot about how we submit to the stretching that God wants us to go through to better serve him. Sometimes our influence as Christians and non-Christians is ineffective. And that can be for many reasons. But what we say and how we say what needs to be said to non-Christians is incredibly important. In 1 Peter 3 and 15, we are told, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. You know, we're always more effective when we're asked to explain what we believe because somebody's interested in knowing. And how do they know that what we are? By our actions. They judge us by our actions. You're the only, if you're the only Christian in your workplace, they're watching you. I used to be the only one in, in my shift at my work. They were watching me. I knew everything about every one of them individually because on an individual basis, they came to me and asked me to pray about different situations. They mocked me when they were all together. But in times of need, they came and they asked me, what do I believe? How would this work out? How would this situation work out by what I believe? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for my family? And they were always better able to listen to me, you know, when they saw an example of somebody that was living the life. The Apostle Paul was a man like a lot of us, not perfect, like us, rough, round the edges, but he was a man who learned lessons well. A man who allowed himself to be stretched into shape so God could use him. Use him. How about us? How about us today? Just as in closing, are we willing to be stretched? It's not easy and it can be painful, but it's always worth it. Amen.